0: So welcome back again to the second part of Come Sea See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And on our podcast today, we continue to listen to speakers from the Navina to a Lady of Knock held early on this year. Today we could listen to Professor John Feehan. He's a geologist, a botanist, author and broadcaster who speaks on the topic, God in Everything That Lives, a reflection on Laudate Sea. John Feene is a natural scientist who has written extensively on many aspects of the natural and cultural heritage of the Irish landscape, including definitive works on the Irish bogs, wildflowers and geology, as well as the history of farming in Ireland and a book on Clare Island. He's closely associated with the Dominican Ecological Centre in Wicklow and the Columban Ecological Centre at Dalgan Park. And has written several books on creation spirituality. He is a member of the Royal Irish Academy. I will follow John's talk today by listening to a Laudate Sea song from the Catholic Bishops Ecology Commission of India. But in the meantime, Let's listen to Professor John Feen.
1: Well, good evening, everybody. I must say it's great to be back in Knock after these three bewildering years. During which, against the background of all that's been happening to us, Pope Francis's great encyclical of 2015, Laudato Si, on creation and our attitude to and responsibility for creation has assumed an ever greater importance as we come to see more clearly every day now it seems, how urgent are the environmental challenges that we are faced with. Now among the most remarkable aspects of uh, Laodicea is the way it takes the latest advances in our human understanding of creation uncovered by science. And it reflects on their spiritual and ethical implications. Now I suppose the most familiar example of that is probably uh, the challenges presented by climate change. But in fact, the refrain that echoes most frequently through the encyclical is a call to look with new eyes at what the advance in life sciences has gifted us, the new eyes that the advances of the life sciences has gifted us with on other creatures, the other forms of life in all their mesmerizing diversity that share this moment of Earth's time with us. It used to be the case, so limited is our ability to see the true state of things, to get our small human heads around the way God is at work in the world. It used to be the case that we could think of all these millions of species, and there are millions, each one different from all the others that we could think of them as mere ornaments, little more than props on the stage on which the great drama of creation, where the only important actors with lines to say are ourselves, is taking place. We can no longer think like this, Pope Francis tells us, because the deeper understanding that the attentive gaze of scientific advance provides shocks us into an altogether more mature spiritual grasp of what the creatures of the earth, the other creatures of the earth, are really all about. This is what Pope Francis tells us in the encyclical. The creatures of the earth, he tells us, The creatures of the earth were not created in the first instance for us to dispose of as we will, regardless of their place in God's plan. They are primarily for the fulfilment of God's own unfolding plan for creation. Now, it's not often in the earlier history of Christianity, the earlier history of Christian reflection on God's creation do we see this insight surface, which is not surprising because we were so short-sighted. We simply couldn't see, unless we were one of those few gifted with that insight beyond seeing that mystics have, the spiritual instinct that is attuned to that something deeper. But in our own Irish spiritual tradition, there are sparks of this spiritual instinct in the voluminous literature on the lives of the early Irish saints. One typical little anecdote is a tale in the life of an almost forgotten Waterford saint called Mwail Anfi, who lived in the second half of the 6th century, which accounts how on one occasion the saint was out for a walk when he encountered a small bird wailing and sorrowing by the side of the road. And as he wondered what this could mean, an angel informed him that Saint Malua has just died. And all living things bewailed his passing, for he never killed a living thing, great nor small. Not more do men bewail him, said the angel, than the other living things do, and among them, this little bird that you see. And why would it not grieve in its different way, given that on every level that medical science can study, it is biologically every bit as complex as I am. In its own way, its life is as important to itself as mine is to me in its way by being itself it acclaims the creator God who has made it with the same loving care as he has created me and all those around me whom I see as so worthy of love and care I bestow on them as perhaps no one else can see them. And this is true in its different way of every species. Each unique in its praise simply by being what it is. Here is how how Pope Francis puts it, again in Laudato Si' Each of the various creatures, willed in its own being, reflects in its own way a ray of God's infinite wisdom and goodness. Man must therefore respect the particular goodness of every creature to avoid any disordered use of things. The ultimate purpose of other creatures is not to be found in us. Rather, all creatures are moving forward with us and through us to a common point of arrival, which is God. I don't know what little bird by the side of the road caught Mwail Anfi's attention. It could have been, perhaps, if it was close to a stream, the dipper, in Irish, on Gawadough. A bird like a white-breasted blackbird, which you can see along every clear stream that waters the west of Ireland, going about its everyday business, hardly ever noticed because it doesn't bother us. If you're not particularly interested in birds, you might think it's not worth a second thought. But if a deeper awareness of what God is about in creation is stirring in you, you might begin to see something else. The dipper walks or dips underwater, remaining submerged to feed on aquatic insects, hence its English name. The stream is its habitat, the one corner of the world for which it has been shaped by millions of years of evolution. All the time, the waterfall is in its ears. An endlessly varying symphony of sound that is different for every part of the river, different at different times of the year, so different each spot on the river could be identified by the dipper from its distinctive harmony alone. The dipper, in a sense, is the waterfall. Its ears know nothing of any world of sound beyond the water. It belongs to this place so intimately that every detail is part of its being in a way that we can never really appreciate because it is so far beyond our superficial experience of a corner of the world that evolution has endowed the dipper to belong in and respond to with all the biological capacity but very differently tuned and pitched, that we humans possess. For the dipper, one stretch of stream is its entire world. It experiences no other. It reflects the ecological essence of the stream. It is its very spirit. But the important thing here to appreciate is to appreciate that the sensory capacity of the bird equips it to respond in a way that is comparable with our own human experience. It might have been possible a few centuries ago for some people to think an animal was an elaborate piece of clockwork, that its responses were automatic, that it was incapable of feeling pain or joy, much less anything beyond. But now our science shows us that on a physical level it has everything we have. And if we can take a step back far enough to see the entire picture, it is so obvious that the very purpose of these capacities is to enable it to respond, to feel. And these feelings will include joy and pain, even if at this moment science finds it difficult to devise measuring devices of sufficient sensitivity to take hold of it. But the Dipper is much more than this. With our theological spectacles on, we might say that by being in this way, the Dipper acclaims creation. Smaller words hardly do its being justice because they fail to catch the true significance of its biological closeness to us or of the possibility that its response might not be so different from the acclaim that is expected of ourselves. Its heart beats like ours, but tuned to the sound of the waterfall. Its blood flows like ours, but modulated to the swirl of the current. Its brain is a miniature of ours but geared for feather and flight and an appetite for caddis grubs and for a joy that affirms the goodness in the differentness of its experience of the one corner of creation it knows best better than any other creature. Its spirit and its soul are as ours on this profound level not in some superficial way For truly was it created with the same loving care. The role of each and every species is not merely ecological, it is spiritual. It is a unique shout of joy, affirmation, worship that no other species can give. If any species is missing if the dipper has become extinct, say. A note that cannot be replaced is missing from the symphony. Before I leave you, can I say how delighted I am that the long-planned creation walk at Nock is about to become a reality. A new walk with 30 signs marking key stages in the unfolding of God's plan, based on Father Brian Grogan's wonderful little book, which is available in the bookshop, to help us appreciate the unfolding mystery and wonder of the story of creation thank you all for your attention
0: For all the animals, the birds, and the trees. Praise God, Lord, that thou see, for He created you and me. Yes, Catholics, but all religions, we all share the same chromosome, so let's care for a common home. Always strip the earth of its beauty and grace. Let's hope for growth that's ecological and be happy with little. Let's join our hands to repair the damage, unite together. If Earth is late to